Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hi, my name is Ingrid Honkala, and today I want to share how my path of awakening developed. And it all started when I was just a little child and I had my first near-death experience. And the way that happened is because my parents will go to work and they will leave us at the care of a maid. And this was a lady that didn't pay much attention to us when my parents were not around. So one morning they left and she just went to do her thing and forgot about us. And my oldest sister and I decided let's go play in the patio. And she was close to four years old. I was close to three years old. So we're just two little ones. And the thing about the patio is that there, there was a tank and this was a, a big tank to collect water. And the purpose was to hand wash clothes. At the time we didn't have a washing machine. This was a big tank that held about 900 gallons of water. So my sister and I saw a ball and decided let's play cash across the tank. And then we climbed the walls of the tank and she threw the ball. She didn't apply enough force and the ball fell in the water. The thing is that she sat on the flat surface next to the tank where you scrub. So that was kind of more like a safer place. I went on the other side where there was a thin edge and I had my legs bended and I was like pretty leaning precariously, like really dangerous thing in this tank, but we were just having fun. We we're not thinking about that. So when the ball fell on the water and it was floating, I leaned forward. I tried to grab it and it rolled and I fell in the tank. And the first feeling, it was the sense that this water was frigid cold. People have the misconception that because I'm from Colombia, I come from hot weather country, but Bogota is very high up in the Andes. So the temperature in this town was pretty cold. So that first sense was like, oh, this water was very cold. And after that was the sense like, why I cannot breathe? What is going on? I never have been in a pool. I never had had the head under the water. I didn't know that if you fall, you drown. So I entered into this state of absolute horror. 
And when I am experiencing this terror is when something incredible happened. I went from this state of terror to one of complete peace. It was like there was nothing to do. I didn't have to escape out of the tank. I didn't have to breathe. I didn't have to go anywhere. It was just the sense of peace, serenity, calmness. And people usually ask the question, come on, Ingrid, you were so young. How can you remember this? And I said, because the impact of the experience and the contrast I experienced throughout the whole thing. First, this drowning thing was terrifying. And after that, what I call contrast is that this tank was completely dark, was made out of cement, and it was a dark space. So the last thing I saw with my eyes open was the darkness in the space. And when I entered into that state of peace and well-being and just this serenity, a light came on. And it was a light that came from below and the light was able to illuminate the whole water surrounding. And now I was like, oh, now there is light. The next thing that happened is that the last thing I heard was my heart beating really loud in my head. It was like a drum, boom, 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 boom. Imagine the terror, the horror. And when the peace came, it was silence, complete silence. I experienced what I call the silence behind the silence. And the most amazing thing is that I craved this silence for the rest of my life. So after this experience, I would hide into closets, go under the beds, go to chapels. I wanted that silence back because it was the silence that comes with that profound state of serenity and peace. And the other contrast is was just amazing. What happened is that the moment I was in that silence, that light, I started to see bubbles and the bubbles were surrounded by light. And imagine, it's like, oh, this is so cool. And it was like by chasing these bubbles that I turned around and I saw a body suspended in the water. And I had the clear, clear realization, oh, that's my body. And it was a familiar sense of like, that's normal, that is okay. and. Is when these other contrasts come to play and is that sense that I was born as a very sick child. And I spent almost the first three years of my life being sick. I didn't even know what well-being was. This was all I knew being sick. And now I am in this state of like feeling incredibly well. So what do you think happened when I saw that body? Oh, I'm not going back there. No, thank you. And I turned around and I left the body behind. And the moment I turned around, I started to see flowers. And the flowers were blooming from nowhere. And the flowers picked me up. And I started just to be carried by these flowers. And I put the analogy that it was like going back to the womb when you don't have to do anything. You're just being done. And then I'm in this just a state of absolute bliss, joy. 
when in just a blank like that, just a blink, I appear in the maid's room and I'm looking at her from above and she's listening to the radio. She's listening to soap operas and I'm like, oh, that's Maria. And Maria completely unaware that something was happening. So from there, in just another blink, I appear in my mom's path. My mom didn't have a car. She had to walk to her bus stop every morning to go to work. And she was about to arrive to her bus stop and I appear above her, like floating, like with the maid. And I'm like, oh, that's mom. And this is what blows everybody's minds. Everybody sucks off. It's like, the moment I say, this is mom, she stopped. She did not give another step. She just stopped and she knew something is happening at home with one of my babies. And this is the part that also validates the experience. It's like she knew. And I would say that my mom had a really incredible intuition. But the other thing is that she listened to that intuition. So at that moment, she turned around and started to run back home. And I looked at her and I'm like, oh, I wonder why is she running? And then at that moment, I saw a dog at the end of the street. And I just love animals. And the moment I saw this dog, I was with the dog. So I just forgot everything about my mom. And then I, it was like, oh, this is cool. And then I, changed my view and I saw a park and the moment I desired, I felt I want to be in the park, I was in the park. So I started to have fun playing this game of going places. And then it was when it's just imagine is this sense of time and space just vanish and I could be anywhere, anytime. And it was when in another just flash like that, I appear in a realm that was made of pure, bright, intense, shiny light. And this is the first time in the three years of my life that I felt that I was home. It was that sense of like, oh gosh, now I am home. And it was this familiar feeling of being welcome, being embraced, feeling so good. And then it was when I had the realization that, oh, I am not that person. Although I saw my body in the water up to this point, I didn't have that clarity. It's when I like, I'm not that body. I'm not that persona. I'm not that. And it's when I realized myself as a being of light. And then it was like, I was still having like a sense of self, but it was just all that heaviness, all that was gone. And it went even farther because this when I experienced what I call nothingness, other people call it non-self, other people call it higher self. I don't know. In my experience was the sense of people get scared with the word nothingness, but I said it was nothing because it was nothing I knew. But at the same time, it was wholeness, totality. I put the example of a little box in the middle of a stadium. I say, imagine that all you knew about yourself is that you were that box. 
and suddenly that box is open and you realize I am the whole of it. And then I would just say the best way I could use to describe the experience is like sensing that you are in the state of absolute presence and pure consciousness. And from there, when I'm in this state of being, my mom finally arrived home. And this is the other amazing thing. We live in a house that was pretty big, but she knew exactly where to go. And she directed herself to the back of the house. And there in the patio, this was still my oldest sister. And she was there because she was trying to get me out of the tank. And then she looked at my mom and she said, Mom, Ingrid is there and I cannot get her. And my mom jumped in the tank, she got me out. And the other amazing thing is that she worked with children and she had been taught to do CPR for children. So she started to do everything she knew to revive me to, at that point I was in <laughs> so completely have forgotten, being just separated from this body. I, I did not feel anything she was doing. But the thing I experienced was like, again, everything in this experience was like, like this in just a flash. I felt that I had jumped from the tallest building in the world. And there's nothing, nothing I could do to stop this. And it was the sense that I was being sucked, like I was being pulled, like I just, there's nothing I could do to stop this. And it was like, no. And I was vacuumed back in the body. And once I'm in, back in the body, I was so angry. It was like, I don't want to be here. I just say, it's like, imagine you take a child to an amusement park and he's having all the fun in the world and it's time to go home. It's like, no. And I got seriously angry. Oh, sorry. So things went pretty hard after that because I refused to eat. I didn't want to be here. I was, like I said, very angry. And But there's something else, many more things that were incredibly different for me when I came back to this reality. And it was that sense of looking at my parents. It was like, oh, you're not just my parents. I didn't feel them just as my biological parents. I had experienced oneness. So I felt them as my equal. So I became very rebellious because I like, why do I have to listen to these people? The other thing was like, because like I mentioned, I have the sense like discovering I am not just this body. I am this being of light. When I came back, I will look at myself in the mirror and cry. And I will look and scream and pull my hair and tell my mom, you don't understand this is not me. I am not this child. I'm not this. <laughs> Poor parents. I mean, what? how can they do anything? It's like, wow. And at the time, this it's not like there was understanding about what was happening. There was no, nobody knew anything about near-death experiences. It was early 70s. And then, uh, yeah, around me was just very disconcerting. And the other thing is, I also came back with abilities that I didn't have before. So besides having this awareness now, like I'm telling you, I am just about to be three years old and now I can read, I can write, I can 
resolve mathematical problems, I can put together complex puzzles, I can paint. So what is happening here? I would just have to say that thankfully at the time we didn't have like much money for us to bring me to a psychologist or to a doctor that would say uh, this girl or needs medication or anything like that. So thankfully that didn't happen. And I also had a mom that was extremely patient. And now I will bring you to see how she was the person that actually started to later validate what was happening to me. And what happened is that also after my near-death experience, my very, very extreme experience for a child, I started to have what we know today as out-of-body experiences. So it, I always say that, this is funny because I always say that for me, yes, like the experience never ends because it goes back to people asking me, how can I remember? But it's because I kept having more experiences afterwards. So I started to have these out-of-body experiences and I kept going back to that realm of the light. And it was in one of these journeys that I started to see what I describe as beings of light. You know, my parents, they fired the lady that, of course, almost let me, I drowned because of her. And they hired a new lady, but I wanted to sleep all the time. So if you have a child that is sleeping all the time and you don't have to really take care of the child, then that's good. So this lady let me sleep forever. And I loved it because I was having these experiences. And in one of the experiences, one day I was surrounded by starlight figures that were shining in all different colors. And it was like something majestic. And it was in another one of these journeys when one of these lights shining in gold shaped itself into a human form, kind of showing me, hmm, we are the same. And it touched me. And I said, you are a being of light. So that's why I started to call them beings of light because that's how they look like. <laughs> but of course, now I could not be the child that is left forever. I needed balance. So it was when now I'm close to four years old, I'm taking a shower, all relaxed there. And I saw this intense blue light in the bathroom. And it's when I said, oh, now the beings of light are here. And I have to tell you, when I started to see the beings of light, I started to heal, to feel better, to feel less angry, to feel less confused. But when I started to see them here, is when I really started to heal. It's when I started to feel the sense of communicating with my sister, my parents, my because I had reached the point where I didn't even want to be touched. I became a really difficult child to handle. and But it started to have this sense of home. And this is a teaching I understood years, years later. And it was that sense of like, oh, I get it. Home is not a place. Home is a state of being. So I started to feel that, oh, the beings of light were here. I felt the sense of kind of like family, the sense of belonging, the sense of like, oh, it's okay to be here. So home now was here. And then although the beings of light didn't say anything or do anything, just their presence was enough 
it was that sense of love and and, and it just felt good and up to that point i could sense them i could feel and i could smell i could it was the sense of like flowers like when <laughs> the presence of the being so light was so strong it's like you're in the middle of a rose <laughs> like garden it was incredible the moment i started to hear them was because i threw a tantrum because although i was feeling better i didn't have a sense of connection with my name or my persona so one day the maid was calling me for dinner and she's like ingrid ingrid and i'm like good don't call me like that I just would be aggravated. And she came and she's like, Ingrid, we're calling you for dinner. And I turned to her and said, don't call me like that. That is not my name. And then she looked at me and she's like, then what is your name? How we should call you? And I said, I do not need a name. And it's when she's like, oh, and they sent me to bed. And I'm there crying and I'm just so angry. And it's when I hear the beings of light said to me, like in a whisper, like so compassionate, loving. It's going to take time for them to understand that names are not needed in the realm of the light, as you already know. And of course, I understood later in my life and it came clear that names are needed for our experience of humans and names carry energy and it's beautiful. But I now knew the profound sense why I did not need a name because labels, names are not needed in the realm of the light consciousness. So at that moment, and yeah, incredibly after that, I many years I, I kept meeting, reuniting with the being so light and I never needed to see bodies. I was just seeing light and, and incredibly, I always knew who was communicating who was talking. I didn't need to see mouths or expressions. I just, it was all about just feeling it. And they said to me that all the experiences I was having and the ones I was going to have were not for me to keep. That someday when people were ready, I was going to share. I just didn't know it had to be so many years later, but <laughs> it was about 40 years later, but still at that moment, they told me that. And they said that it was better not to talk to anybody because they were not going to understand, but that there was going to be people in my path that was going to help me. And like I was mentioning before, thankfully, one of these people was my mom and thanks God because what do you do alone holding these is you I don't think you can actually make it especially being a child because when I will mention anything people would say yeah she's dreaming she's creating stories whatever and it was when the reason my mom was able to really validate what I was seeing was real is because at a school now I was five years old, went to kindergarten, and I was told not to say anything, but I wasn't told not to paint. And then I started to paint beings of light everywhere. And it was like by painting all these beings of light that the teacher got curious. She's like, um, why is she painting these everywhere? And then she asked if those were the sun and the stars, what was this? And I said, no, these are my friends, the beings of light. And the teacher was like, whoa, this girl 
she's having imaginary friends or something is going on. And they already felt that I was different because I was very quiet in my own space and I I was just different kind of child. And then my mom came to the school and it's when we discovered something else that I wasn't just seeing beings of light, but I could see auras because all my paintings, everything I, I was painting had auras around. And they were looking at the drawings and pictures. And then I look at my mom with this desperate feeling of wanting to <laughs> be listened, like wanting to belong, wanting to someone to believe me. And I said, mom, these are the colors that we wear. And these are my friends, the beings of light. And his my mom look at me with these eyes like, mm, be quiet. And he's when I just went quiet and she told the teacher, oh, this is just a phase, we're going to fix it. And then we left and it was on our way home that my mom said to me, I believe you. And I said, you, you believe me, mom, why? And she's when she revealed to me that she also could see things that nobody could. And it's when my mom said that she could see what we know as spirits. And then I, I was so happy now. Somebody that was there with me <laughs> seeing things too. And later is when I discovered that uh, what I was seeing and what my mom was seeing was not exactly the same thing because at the age of six, I started to see spirits too. And it's when I told my mom that the spirits and the beings of light were not the same. When I saw the first spirit, it caused me <laughs> a lot of fear. So it's when I told this to my mom and she started to cry and she said, I think that you see angels. And then I didn't know, I said, mom, I'm not sure because they do not have wings. But it was when, because I've been already talking with them for a while, I, I asked them, and I said, first, because the spirits caused me so much fear, I, I asked them, what is with these spirits? <laughs> and I called them dark spirits. It was nothing really, it was, I just was feeling fear. And they said something incredible. They said, that thing that you call spirits, you as in essence, we are the same. The difference is the level of awareness that you have about who you truly are. Like, wow, that was incredible. And then I also asked them, my mom said that you are angels. Is that what you are? And the answer was even more, more amazing because they said to me, we are what you want us to be. And this is one thing about the beings of life. After that, I have received many teachings throughout my life. And... That connection has been incredible, but also people ask me, how you know that these beings or lie are giving you good information? How you know that they're not some bad stuff or people always think about the word evil stuff. And I said, and my answer is that I have the full trust because they always guided me to look within. They never told me we have the truth. You know, even when I was, little they said to me do not believe anything we said but have an open mind an open mind and experience all possibilities so they were look within always guided me to experience things 
myself. So I say to anybody, if any being from any realm, physical or spiritual, come to you and say, I am your guru, I am the master, I have all the answers, red flag, run. But if any teacher, any guru, any master guide you to look within, then that's the real teacher because he's telling you at the end of the day, you are your own guru, you are your own master. Discover the mastery within yourself. So that is, has been the experience for me with the beings of life. So it's just been an amazing journey from there. And that uh, first near death and all these experiences were just the beginning. My grandmother came to my life, thankfully, and showed me the path of spirituality. Because the fact that we have this experience don't make us spiritual if we don't know what they are for. So it's not just experience, but what is behind the experience. And my grandmother brought to me teachings. Uh, she grew as Catholic. But she had this desire to know more and she started to learn other teachings. She started, she joined an order called the Rosicrucian Order. And she started to study Hinduism and Buddhism and Kabbalah and the chakras and everything else. And she brought all these teachings to me. So by the age of eight, I was already meditating. And I continue experiencing things that were very profound. By the age of nine, I was reading very profound spiritual teachings, reading books like the Bhagavad Gita, books of self-realization, discernment. So that is where my path to really, really understand and unravel all this started to happen. But again, it took many, many years and... I know this is getting a little long, but this was not the only near-death experience I had. I had two more. The second one happened when I was 24 years old in a motorcycle accident. And the teachings I received from very experienced were very unique and very powerful. And from this experience in this motorcycle accident was, again, the sense of the moment the accident happened, I was standing in the middle of the road and I was feeling again the sense of home and the sense of I'm so ready to be home well-being and peace and incredibly the teaching from this second experience I have had many people coming to me and asking me that if I know if their loved ones suffer when they were involved in a tragic accident and die and my experience and the experience of many other people that have had near-death experiences is that at that moment, there is not suffering. Same thing when I drowned in the tank, same thing when I had this accident in the motorbike. Before I even touched the ground, I was already like in the state of no fear. This, this is the most incredible thing, no fear, not desire to be anywhere else, doing anything else, no pain, no emotion whatsoever, just, just a state of complete peace. And the only moment in this uh, motorcycle accident that the fear came is when I was picked from the scene. And at that moment, uh, I had my eyes open because I was seeing light. And then I realized that I could not see the person that was picking me up. So I touched my face because I'm like, I don't understand why I cannot see. And is I realized that I 
in my physical state of being, I have lost my sight. I hit my head so hard and I didn't have a helmet. And yeah, being young and <laughs> silly, I didn't have a helmet. I hit my head so hard. I had a very bad head trauma. I was taken to the hospital and it took a little while to recover my vision. And being in, and I was with somebody in the bike, but the person was sitting at the back. He jumped out of the bike and really nothing happened to him. And in the hospital is when the doctor, the doctor said to me that I had to lose my vision the moment I hit the ground. And I said to him, I don't think so, because I was seeing light and I was in the middle of all this incredible place filled with light. And, and the doctor said, no, that's not possible. And then my friend said, no, Ingrid, I can't validate what the doctor is saying because where we had the accident, it was first, it was at night. And second, the place was pitch black. There was not lights, lamps in the place. And he said, and by the way, because I said, when I was standing in the middle of the road, there was light. And he said, you never stood up. So it was when I realized, oh yeah, I was seeing the light with my spiritual eyes. So I was just connected with my spiritual senses. And so this was the, the teaching from this experience is that once we have that clarity, we're not the body, we're not the mind, suffering ends. And that's a state we can reach here in our experience as humans. We don't need to die to get there. And from my first experience, the, the teaching was, oh, this was incredibly powerful because the teaching was about connection and the being so light. I said, connection, like how? And they said to me, remember when uh, you saw your body and you left it behind? And I said, yeah. And they said, that was not <laughs> what your plan or that was not your pre-plan to say it like this. This is not what you don't supposed to that die or you will not be here. Your plan was that you were coming back to the point that you went to look for help. And I said, no, really? How? Did oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you went to look for the maid and for your mom. I'm like, oh, no. Then they said, because of course I wanted to stay there. And it was when I got it clear. Then I said, okay, okay, I get it. So, but if I was coming back, then why did I waste time going to the maid room? Why didn't I go directly to my mom? And they said, that is when we want to show you again, this word contrast. And I said, what do you mean? And I said, yeah, this is to show you what happened when there is love and when there is not connection, when there is not love. Look, when there's love and connection like you had with your mom, she could hear you. The moment you say, this is mom, she, you were connected with her unconditional love. Look, the person that was 10 minutes away from home was the one that got you out of the tank and knew where you were. The person that was few feet away from you could not even sense you, feel you. So with this lady, there was no connection at all and she was a person that mistreated us. There was no love. The teaching was low when there is no connection, there is division, there is separation. When there is no connection, they will let you drown. So that is just that profound knowing, unconditional love doesn't have barriers. 
I was in the spirit realm, my mom was in the physical realm, no difference. And my last near-death experience happened last year, and this was uh, during a surgery. And uh, in this procedure, my blood pressure dropped to like dramatically to the floor and I entered into hypothermia. And when this happened, this was the first time counting the other two experiences that I was asked if I wanted to go or I wanted to stay. And this is pretty incredible because usually people when they have the near-death experience, they what they experience is uh, someone telling them, you have to go back, it's not your time. In my case, I was asked if I wanted to stay or I wanted to go. And the moment I, I was asked if I wanted to stay, it was again that feeling of like, oh, of course I want to stay. This is just amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, this 10 diamond resort feeling incredibly well. I want to stay here, of course, in heaven. But it's when I heard, and they said, oh, you want to go back? And it was the moment when they're practicing so many years of being present, being conscious, being aware. It's when I had this incredible realization is when I said, oh, is this a test? And I said, because if God or what we'd call source or the creator of consciousness or source is everything there is, then where is there and where is here? I said, in reality, there is not there and there is not here because consciousness is everywhere. Everything is a manifestation of consciousness. So at that moment, the only thing as I said was like, oh, just keep me where I can serve God the most. And at that moment, incredibly, when I am in, was in that state of consciousness, there was not attachment. There was no emotional attachment. There was not really nothing to that would keep me with the sense I have to be here or there. It was just consciousness. So the moment I felt and I said, give me where I can serve God the most is when I thought about my son and I thought about my husband and I thought about all the things, my anchor to this world. And that was that brought me back to and gave me, gave me the desire of wanting to be here. Before that, it was the knowing that they, everything is all right. Everything is okay. Everyone is experiencing their own thing and they're having their own opportunity to wake up and the experiences they need to be aware and to wake up. So it's, it was like there was no judgment at all about anything. But now I am back and it was, I have to say, again, it was now experiencing even more vividly this state of being home. It was knowing I don't have to go anywhere. I'm already there. I'm already home. So I can say that for many, many years, I wanted to die because I wanted to go back there. And that was the complete clear realization about it's not about dying, it's about living. And from now on, it's like, I have heard this before, but it was now really wanted to call it instead of thinking about near that experience it was life experience near life experience how can i live deeply 
and more conscious and more present and more joyful here and now. And to end, I want to say that incredibly that day that I had this experience, this last near that my sister was here because in the United States, she lives in Colombia. She was here visiting because she was helping me, was going to help me after my surgery. And she said that that day, she was here at home with my son. I was at the hospital with my husband and she, the dogs wanted to go out and the moment they opened the door to take the dogs out, she said that the house was completely, completely surrounded by dragonflies. She said she's never seen this many dragonflies in her life. She said, you know how you see one dragonfly here and there? She's like, this was the most unusual thing in the world. And she, at that moment, she fell and she knew that something was happening at the hospital. And she was very afraid. She's like, Ingrid, that something happened to her. So it was, uh, in, these are the validations that we get. She was knowing that something was happening and she was able to tell me this happened. And it was at the time when I was having this experience. So yeah, with this, I, I leave you just with this knowing that don't get too focused on the things of the world. There is much more life is amazing and life you know incredible because some people sometimes ask but life's supposed to be joyful life's supposed to be this and that and that and I, I love this uh, sentence that says life just supposed to be life it is your choice how to live it so choose to be happy choose to be joyful choose to live your life to the fullest and thank you for having me this is a big honor 